What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting at the Corporate Coven. Let's run through today's agenda. We'll start with a check-in question that helps us reflect and integrate the medicine of current astrology. I'll then share an overview of this week's major astrological transits and planetary alignments so you can mark your calendars. We'll then move into phase management, where we forecast the energetic shifts of the week ahead using the lunar phases and the journey of the moon through the zodiac wheel. And then finally, I'll walk you through a day-by-day deep dive of the astrology weather for the week ahead. And this is great if you are more technical or aspiring to be more technical when learning to interpret the cosmic messages of these celestial giants. Thank you for joining me. Let's get into it. Team, I think I've been recording these staff meeting episodes for too long because the lines between my podcast staff meetings and my real world staff meetings, it's getting really blurry for me, team. I, in last week's episode, gave the check-in question just for, you know, it's the beginning of October. It's spooky season. I wanted to know what was your favorite Halloween costume or activity from childhood And in my staff meeting for my day job, my leader for our staff meeting check-in question was like, what are you guys going to be for Halloween this year? It's like, oh man, does he listen to my podcast? Probably not. He's very busy. But um, just how funny it is for these worlds to continue like intersecting and interacting with each other. But a few folks did leave me some comments on last week's podcast. Heather Anderson said that childhood was pretty basic as far as costumes go. It was more decorations that were my favorite. My mom went all out. And I appreciate this because I feel like I am one of those moms that likes to like, I'm trying to go all out for Halloween for my kids. We put up the decorations and it is such an important part of observing the Sabbaths or the holidays or whatever it is that you choose to observe is really preparing the space. It's a big part of the ritual of observing it, right, is is creating an external environment, which is supportive to the energy and the experience that you're trying to cultivate this time of year. Holly also shared that her favorite costume from childhood was Dracula. And I love this. Actually, um, Holly, you kind of inspired me. My kids are both going as different iterations of Spider-Man for Halloween. And initially I was talking to my partner about being like Spider-Man villains or something, but we're getting close enough to the actual holiday that I don't, I don't have the energy to go and figure out costumes. So I was trying to think of like, what's something really easy that we could do that we kind of already have clothes for that we could just really easily transition into a costume and i read holly's comments and i was like vampire would be really easy and actually my husband and i could go as like gothic western like dracula cowboy type things because we have so much western attire and um a lot of black and we just need to go buy like some teeth. So Holly, thank you for your comment. I think that you've inspired my Halloween costume this year. And if you want to see how I'm dressing up, make sure that you're connected with me on Instagram. Um, I'm sure I'll be posting pictures of it there. So for this week's staff meeting, I'm doing something a little different. I'm going to invite you into kind of like a meditative state because I want you to really be able to visualize the energy this this check in question is very much inspired by the astrological movement happening this week. And as I was preparing for this staff meeting episode, and as I was scripting it out and looking at the chart, the most prominent sense for me this week was hearing. It was, I heard a lot. I heard a lot of statements. I heard a lot of things in my mind as I was preparing for this week. That was my most active Claire. And I want to give you some of that experience. So I'm about to lead you into kind of like a meditation. If you're driving, then please be safe. If you're doing something right now where you should not be like, tuning out and and tuning more into your body then be mindful of that but if you are in a space in a position right now where you can um move into some of the prompts i'm about to offer you then i would invite you to do so and so you're welcome to begin by finding yourself comfortably seated ideally you're sitting on a chair something where you can have your bum firmly planted, your feet and arms uncrossed, resting gently on your lap and on the floor. If you feel comfortable doing so, I would invite you to close your eyes 
If that's not accessible to you, then you can soften your gaze, looking gently a few feet ahead of you on the floor. And as you continue making small, minor physical adjustments to find yourself comfortable in this space, I would also encourage you right now to begin tuning into your breath. As you inhale, finding length in your spine, breathing into your belly, and as you exhale and let the breath go, feeling firmly planted in your seat. With every inhale, inviting space and expansiveness into your belly and gently letting it go and feeling supported by the chair and the ground beneath you. Taking a moment to be present with what is. Becoming fully aware of the sensations in your body. And just allowing the breath to come and go easily. We're not controlling it. We're not forcing it or timing it. But with every inhale, finding length in your spine and rising. And then also exhaling and feeling yourself firmly rooted where you are. Taking this moment. And I want to invite you to start visualizing in your mind's eye a picture of yourself. And I want you to see yourself holding everything on your plate right now. Visualize yourself holding everything that you are obligated to that you are responsible for. Imagining all the tasks, all the responsibilities, and the roles that you have to play, coming back to your breath, finding length with the inhale, and feeling more grounded with every exhale, but still seeing yourself holding and carrying all of the things that you have on your plate. And I would offer you the instruction to drop it. What fell? Began coming back to the room or the space that you're in, finding small movements and adjustments in your body to come fully back to this space, come back to the staff meeting episode. Thank you for taking that moment with me. I know it was probably stressful adding in all of that weight, all of the things that you need to do. And when I was looking at the transits for the week ahead, as I was looking over the astrology and preparing to record this podcast so loudly, and I would say it was in like the mom voice. I'm a mom, so I have like a mom voice that I whip out when my children or my dog is doing something naughty or unsafe. And when I was initially recording um, and thinking about this, it came out as like a very stern and abrupt drop it, <laughs> drop it right now. I didn't want to freak you out in the meditation, but I'm curious, like when I gave you that instruction, what dropped, what did fall? Did you drop everything at once? Like the moment you heard drop it, was it this massive release of everything falling to the ground? When I said, drop it, did you drop anything? Did you feel yourself clinging to it and holding it even tighter? Feeling sure that you must have heard something incorrectly? Unsure about following the instruction? Did some things fall? Did anything? Looking at the major transits, which we'll talk about soon, but as I was looking at it, 
again, everything this week is drop it, cut it off, cut it out, set it down, bury it, let it go. It was a very sharp voice. Again, it was like my mom voice. It didn't feel urgent, but it was powerful. There was an intensity to it. It actually reminded me earlier this week, my three-year-old found a pair of scissors that my daughter had been using for crafting and removed some of his luscious blonde hair. Um, and I did have that moment of it, like, drop it, <laughs> like, let go, set those down. That's very much what it reminded me of was that voice that comes in that's concerned for you and needs you to take action to stop doing something that could be harmful or could be dangerous or just really isn't serving you. And I want you to come back to this check-in question throughout the week because there are so many transits happening this week that individually have this energy, but combined is the loudest drop it I've heard all year. So let's transition. Let's talk about the major transits and planetary alignments for the week of October 8th through October 14th. And this week is so spooky, team. It's so spooky. So on Sunday, October 8th, we see Mars square Pluto. I'm going to break this down for you in the week ahead forecast. We see Mars square Pluto. On that same day, but later in the afternoon, it's actually like an 8 a.m. is when the Mars square Pluto is exact. And then around like 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Venus moves into the sign of Virgo. And this Venus ingress is very important and significant when we look at what's coming at the end of the week. But before we get to the end of the week, we need to talk about October 10th when Pluto stations direct. We need to talk about October 12th where Mars ingresses into the zodiac sign of Scorpio. And then finally, on Saturday, the 14th, we have our annular solar eclipse in the sign of Libra, which is a Venus ruled sign, which is why Venus moving into Virgo is really important to pay attention to. In fact, Sunday, you know what? I was just about to say like Sunday is one of the, the really noisy days, but like you heard it like every other day this week has something really potent, really big, really significant going on that we need to talk about. And again, all of these individually have that, um, cut it out, drop it, stop it, set it down energy, but combined this entire week is about the ceasefire. And this is emphasized in the lunar phases that we move through as well in some of this phase management. So let's talk about that. Let's move to that section of the episode. So we are moving from the fix to fix. That's what we felt last week, right? We saw the week begin on Sunday in a fixed sign and end the week in a fixed sign. We went from Taurus to Leo. This week is different because we start the week on Sunday with a fixed moon in Leo, but we end the week on Saturday with a cardinal moon. And in fact, we don't get a Scorpio moon until like really, really early on Sunday morning. So for the um, you know, the, the purpose of this is, you know, looking from Sunday to Saturday, what's the journey of that moon and what's the journey of that like modality and it's fixed to cardinal. And so it made me think about the idea of like, wait, 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 let's circle back all the corporate witches are like, Oh my God, she said it. She said it. I said it circle back. Let's circle back. Don't stabilize yet. Don't carve it in stone. There are a few more things that I need to do. And since the week ends in Libra, it makes me think that there are a few more things that you need to confirm with someone else before committing or before finalizing anything. On Saturday, you might hear someone out, but you'll be reading into what they said versus what they meant on Sunday when the moon moves into Scorpio. So there's this thing about like checking in with someone. Maybe it's not right yet, and that's because you need some additional feedback before you can really start to make progress forward, at least progress in the sense of, now that we've done it one time, let's replicate it. Let's systemize it. Let's make sure that it's a sustainable process. But you don't want to do that if it's not right yet, right? And that's what the Virgo and Libra is going to be doing. It's not right yet. You need some additional feedback before we can really start to consider this like ready to go out and um, be replicated in the world. So Leo to Virgo to Libra, it's going to be a super activating week. But what's interesting is that 
the lunar phases, we're losing light right now. We're going to start the week with that third quarter moon, move into the balsamic dark moon phase, and then eventually get that new moon solar eclipse. But these lunar phases are all about losing light and therefore losing energy, losing vitality, losing steam, if you will. Again, it's like a slow ceasefire. And there's so much of that happening this week. And you're going to hear me say this a few times, but this week is not about thriving. This week is not about living your best life. This week is literally about just getting through. It's about just, <laughs> it's about just getting through it. And, um, something that it does make me think about again, like, and I, I've talked about this on a previous podcast episode, but I referenced the show alone and about how there was this participant who just was so different. They did things so differently on the show. And, um, there might be some spoilers here if you haven't watched the season yet. So, you know, sorry, not sorry, but it's been out for a minute. So that's, you know, that's not my bad anymore, but this participant was new and different in this survival show series because they chose to put their body into a state of starvation pretty early on in the show. And their justification was like, it's just not worth it to go out and hunt. I'm going to spend more calories and more energy hunting than like is necessary that I'm going to be able to put back into my body. So I'm just going to stop eating now and like put my body into a state of starvation but this was so he could sustain longer so he could last longer. He was also different because he went the longest than any other participant in the history of the entire show without starting a fire. Because again, it takes energy to go out and to collect the firewood and to keep the fire burning because he didn't have a fire. He also wasn't boiling his water and cleaning it from, you know, potential parasites and stuff like that. He was just drinking it straight. So there were a lot of things where, you know, in ideal circumstances, you know, we are hunting every day and we're putting calories back into our body. We have a fire to keep us warm and to cook our food and to boil our water to make sure that we're not getting giardia and all these other things, right? But this participant was focused on the long game. It wasn't about going out and trying to conquer the land. It was about just surviving. It was about just outlasting any of the other participants. And they did very well for themselves. And that's what makes me think about you know, the energy that we're going through this week, it's actually very activating. There's a lot of stuff to do, but your priority this week, my dears, is just to sustain. It's just to survive it. It's just to last through it. Now, to be clear, I'm not advocating for anyone to go out there and put themselves into dangerous situations. Like I'm absolutely not saying like you should starve yourself this week. Um, so I want to be mindful of like some of the language that I'm using. This was a survival show and they were like, you know, trained experts and they had medical teams observing them and all that stuff. So for you in that situation, just think about that. Is it necessary right now? You might feel in that visual is that visual. <laughs> Okay. You might have seen yourself holding a lot in that visualization. When I was like, think about everything that you have on your plate, there could have been a shit ton of stuff on there, right? But when I said drop it, what was your relationship to that? Did you drop everything? Can you drop everything? Were you holding on too tightly and refusing to put anything down? What did you let go? What did you feel like wasn't necessary enough to hold on to that you could set it down right now? This week is just about getting through. And so wherever you can give yourself some space to focus on only that which is absolutely essential and necessary for your survival, give yourself that space, okay? So let's talk about the weekly forecast and we're going to break down the astro weather day by day. There's actually two birthdays this week that I'm going to call out. I actually have a ton of birthdays in October, but I'm chilling out on those. But these are my parents. And so I was raised by two Libras. Thank you for your sympathy. Um, I was raised by two Libras. My dad's birthday is on October 10th. My mom's birthday is on October 15th, which is technically next week's staff meeting, but I'm just going to call them both out here. Happy birthday, mom and dad, the Libras who shaped me and helped make me the person that I am today. I think my mom listens to my podcast. Thanks, mom. Okay, let's get into the weekly forecast. So on Sunday, this is the big day. And actually, like quickly, if you have not already marked your calendars with this week's astrological transits, do so immediately because these, this is where like all of the memes originate of like, I just need some like white girl with a nose ring telling me what planet is making me sad. Well, hi. 
I'm a Caucasian woman with a nose ring (laughs) here to let you know which planets are making you sad. And it's all of them. Um, So mark your calendars. This is so helpful as you're going throughout your week and you're just like, what is happening today? Well, you can quickly look back at that and mark it. And I create graphics on my Instagram for you every month. So you can see there's also a ton of other astrologers that are doing the same thing. I honestly don't care if you're using my graphic, their graphic. It matters very little to me. What matters most is that you are starting to record and reflect on how these transits are manifesting in your life. This is one of the best ways to learn astrology is just to start paying attention, right? Like we're going to talk on Sunday about Mars square Pluto. Well, whatever is happening for you on Sunday, you're going to be able to start identifying, oh, that's Mars. That's Mars. Or, oh, that's Pluto. Or, you know, again, like Sunday, Venus is moving into Virgo. So you're going to start being able to name it and experience it. And that's the richness. I was telling my client, you know, just last night when I was doing their reading, like when it starts resonating for you, that's the magic because now you can start doing something with the information. If you're just listening every week, but you don't know how to fully integrate it into your life and how to action it, then like literally what's the point? What's the point, right? We want this to be actionable. We want this to be able to be useful to you. So mark your calendars. Okay. This is such an effective way to start learning astrology for yourself is seeing how it manifests in your own life. So let's talk about the Mars square Pluto aspect. This aspect has been closing in and getting closer and tighter, right? And Sunday morning, I have the chart set always for 8 a.m. because that's just how I do things around here in the corporate coven. So at 8 a.m., they're both at 27 degrees in their respective signs. And um, this is an exact square. Mars is in the sign of Libra. Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn. So when a square occurs... This happens when two planets are 90 degrees apart. And I've talked about this episode a lot recently. I also have it as a blog post. So you can go to my website or you can scroll back through a few different episodes of the podcast where I talk about understanding workplace conflict through aspects like squares and oppositions. And I use the cardinal signs as an example there. So again, you can go find that on my blog, on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. I also linked it in the show notes of last week's staff meeting episode. If you want to go listen to the podcast version of it. So again, like I've, I've talked about these aspects before, but let me break this down a little bit more. A square happens when two planets are 90 degrees apart. The zodiac signs will share the same modality. So Libra and Capricorn are both cardinal signs, but they're going to have very different elements and polarities. So earth versus air, right? Yin versus yang or masculine versus feminine or introverted versus extroverted. The cardinal signs are going to share very similar values. And I've talked about what this looks like in the world of work before, but for the cardinal signs, some of these industries or career archetypes. These are ones that will persist across time, geographical location, culture, belief system, they are motivated to solve problems related to things like the the, the types of problems that actually never get solved. We're always going to struggle with this or we're always going to need to figure out how this works. And a good example for the Capricorn Libra square is how do we organize ourselves and distribute power? How do we manage our governing bodies and the power inequities that is created in there? And how can we ensure justice through the process? So Mars and Libra can sometimes be experienced as someone being really passive aggressive. It makes me think about someone dancing with knives. And actually, Britney Spears did this recently on her Instagram. And now there's a ton of content being generated um, with this video of Britney dancing with the knives. And I thought that was such a beautiful expression of Mars in Libra is the Venus, you know, Libra thing, you know, dancing. But then the danger of the blades with Mars coming in there. So with this aspect, there is something very intense and dangerous about the situation. So do proceed with caution. This is going to be really intense. And again, On a collective scale, this would be aggravating or agitating or creating that tension that needs to be worked through and resolved when it comes to big governing bodies and um, the power inequity that is inherent in those types of systems and sorting that out. But this is, I mean, this could happen in your relationships as well, right? Later in the evening, Venus moves into Virgo and finally departs leo where she's been since june and the corrective quality from leo to virgo is going from like big drama airing the dirty laundry i'm looking at you sophie and 
um, the whichever Jonas brother you married, she's the star in my opinion. Uh, and going away from that, right, airing dirty laundry, big drama, big noise, to Virgo, which is like demanding the details, the receipts, the evidence, and it's doing your laundry at home privately. <laughs> The moment that Venus ingresses, she's going to get opposition to Saturn, which I'm not personally looking forward to. Saturn has a depressing and restricting quality. And in the 100th episode of my podcast, Saturn in Pisces, No Dead Mermaids, I talked a lot about what it's like to have Saturn in Pisces. So initially that episode was inspired because of all the folks that are having their Saturn return right now, everyone who has Saturn in Pisces. But I was also just talking like we're all experiencing this by transit. So here's what it's like, right? Saturn and Pisces, no dead Burmese. So another episode that would be worthwhile to check out if you're new here and you want a little bit more context around this Venus Virgo, um, Saturn Pisces opposition. But Saturn has been retrograde and pushing all of the water back to the first degree of Pisces. So this aspect could feel like it's teasing the floodgates and Virgo is bound to find a leak. This is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I did animate the chart and we move forward because I wanted to see where is Venus going to be when Saturn stations direct? Well, Saturn will station direct on November 4th. And on that day, Venus is still in Virgo, sitting exactly opposite Neptune. So it feels very much like there's a storyline building here. If Virgo and Venus is noticing the leak, then by the time it's opposing Neptune, it could be a full on tidal wave in November. So it made me think about how like on Sunday... Some of the difficulty that you might be experiencing in relationships could be really like it could be feedback that's actually really important for you to hear. You know, Virgo is a sign connected to service. And so one way to interpret this is that as Venus moves away from Leo, it's less about, um, you know, what's good for me? What do I need? Um, how does it feel good? Like, what do I want this to look like? And it moves into like, how can I serve you? Um, and so the depressing part of like Saturn is that you could be getting feedback about qualities in yourself or behaviors that you have or ideas that you hold, which are unsavory or other people don't appreciate it. The delivery might be a little like passive aggressive, um, but the intention is for you to improve and to get better. And this can be really hard to receive feedback. It might, it might be really hard, especially on Sunday to receive this type of feedback, but know that whatever they're telling you, if you can start actioning it or integrating it or understanding it, it could help prevent a tidal wave later. But also like if you are the person who's embodying Venus and Virgo, just remember that sometimes people just want you to hear the problem, not fix the problem. Yeah, you you think that you're like saving them some heartache later on in the road, and that could be true. But most of the time, people just want to be heard, and they don't need you to fix it. And I know that's really hard for you, Venus and Virgo. Like, you don't need to fix it, okay? Um, so just be mindful. There is also one possible interpretation that it just made me think about the idea of needing to put some structure and a process around emotional sharing, it's like asking for consent before emotionally dumping on our partner or our friends or our coworkers or our parents or our children. Yeah, I think the other thing I want to say about Sunday is that it's a big day. We see that the nodes are part of the cardinal conversations. So as um, you know, Mars is squaring off with Pluto. We see the north and the south node there as well, part of that T-square. So it's karmic, it's faded, it's intense. There's a lot going on. Um, but also we see the moon square Jupiter and form a sextile to Mercury. So this is just like, there's just a lot of reasons why on Sunday you might be feeling down on your luck, a bit overwhelmed with what's ahead of you. And the idea of like struggling to fight fair. So that's Sunday. Monday on October 9th, Monday has no chill. I like, again, I told you like my strongest Claire as I was like preparing for this episode was like the Claire audience, like being able to hear kind of like the intuited message, if you will. And on Monday, that's a, Monday has no chill. We start with the moon at 19 degrees Leo forming a trine to Chiron and the North Node square Uranus on towards a sextile to Mars. And it hurts, you know, like it hurts. It's going to hurt to acknowledge where you're not strong, where you're burnt out, where you, you've lost passion, where you need inspiration, where you're tired of grinding. It's an acknowledgement that it's harder to stay engaged when the new thing has lost its shine 
or as things continue to change. But that change has to happen and people need to grow and evolve. And you're not exempt from that. And neither is your company or your business. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Okay, so this is a pretty rough start to the week. And I wish I could tell you that it's going to get better. But I'm telling you very candidly this week, we're going to struggle this week. It's going to be hard. Again, this is about survival this week. All of these really intense aspects occur. And remember, we're losing light. We're losing vitality. And in fact, at the very end of the week, remember that when the sun is eclipsed, the light is stolen. And so there is very much about this having so much going on this week. And we just do not know how we are going to make it through. And it starts as early as Sunday and it doesn't really let up. So I'm not going to sugarcoat things. Like I don't want to make you all feel like you're doomsday prepping, but I do want to be very realistic with you. This is a rough one. Okay. This is a rough one, which means the best thing that you can do for yourself again, and I'm going to be reiterating this throughout the episode is to drop it, drop it. (laughs) If it is not essential to you, if it is not, um, critical, if it is not a priority, if it is not giving you life and giving you energy, drop it. Even if it's only for this week, team, you got to set it down because you can't be everything for everyone all of the time without harming yourself in the process. And in turn, that will harm others, right? So I'm going to be naming that throughout the entire episode. The best thing you can do for yourself this week is to drop it set it down, cut it out, and only focus on that which is most important, most critical. And Tuesday really emphasizes that. Happy birthday, daddy, on Tuesday. That's weird that I called him daddy. I take it all back. I take it all back. I'm not going to edit the episode, but that was weird for me too. On Tuesday is my dad's birthday. So Tuesday, what I heard when I was looking at the astrology, we see the moon in Virgo, like conjunct Venus and sitting exactly opposite Saturn, was the Tiesto song, um, Let's Get Down to Business. It's a real banger if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, Let's get down to business. Let's focus. I know for me, I'm working on a project right now that is very, very Virgo. There's so much data validation. It's a massive data set that I'm working with. There's so many dashboard pages and widgets. And looking at the lunar configuration on Tuesday, I'm just anticipating like living in the data and reviewing everything with a fine tooth comb. And so for me, when I need to do that type of work, my ideal working condition is turning into a full on like hermit. I want to be in an oversized sweater with my massive chunky winter socks, some leggings, sitting on a couch or a bed with my headphones in, listening to some like chill music or lo-fi beats or something like that so I can just focus. And even though I work in like a super progressive, high-tech vibe campus, there's a massive couch next to my desk. I don't think I can get away with the fuzzy socks in the office. This is Virgo we're talking about, not Taurus. So even though like the working conditions, like it's going to be so intense. I like, I've done this type of project now. Like I do it twice every year and um, I've been doing it for a few years now. So like, I feel like I know what this is going to look like, but I also recognize that this week there's actually some really important stakeholders that are going to be navigating on the area where I work. And so I'm not even going to be able to get like comfortable. <laughs> I'm not even going to be able to come in looking like the, the, the swamp witch that I want to, right? Like I'm still going to need to like show up and look like I'm ready for service and and be prepared and be on call. And like, you know, all these other things, I'm going to need to be very focused and strategic with my time because that's what the Virgo moon wants to do. And again, like Venus is there supporting it as well, but we're getting that opposition from Saturn um, that's really coming in and like mm, restricting us in some way. And for me, it feels like the restriction of doing like the Pisces things of like, let me just turn into a pillow myself and just sit here and totally like zone out and get stuff done. I'm still going to have to be on. I'm still going to have to like look the right way. And so stoked on that. I do think that we'll be able to focus though, because Pluto stations direct in Capricorn. And so a lot of things feel like just more focused, right? Um, the moon continues moving through the earth sign that is going to grow in intensity and it could start feeling like a crushing feeling. 
right? Like this idea of like now everything I have to do, I'm kind of being crushed by the weight of it, like the intensity of it. Maybe I have the bandwidth and the capacity to like focus, but the momentum may not be there. Like the energy may not be there. And so you may not find a lot of joy this week in the work that you're doing. Even if like, like if you're like me, like you love your job. Like I love my job. I love what I do for work every day. And I find so much like meaning and mattering in what I do. And like, I'm not going to be having fun this week. You know what I mean? Could feel like a crushing feeling, especially because you may just want to like dissociate and disappear, but I don't think you're going to be able to, unless you can, in which case give yourself that space. On Wednesday, the 11th, the moon will be at 12 degrees Virgo, trying Jupiter retrograde in Taurus, and it's being mindful about what you consume. Virgo rules digestion and the stomach, whereas Taurus is the throat. So if something is difficult to swallow, it'll probably be just as difficult to digest. This is true for actual food, but this is also true for news, for feedback, for work priorities for obligations and acquaintances. If whatever you're doing, if you're finding that it's hard to swallow, it's going to be even harder to stomach. So you're going to need to figure that out. Sort sort that out in some way. All right. On Thursday, the 12th, the moon opposes Neptune and forms a trine to Uranus and Pluto and Capricorn. And last week, and the week before, I shared more about this dynamic. I used some of the rising signs last week um, to talk about, you know, how the Pluto trine Uranus forming a sextile to Neptune like could be manifesting for you all. Um, and so there's like a little bit more of that like going on with this activation with like the moon and an earth sign forming the trine to Pluto and Uranus and then opposing Neptune. So I won't belabor that again. Just know that that's like still getting activated because it's not worked out yet. So this week, I'm going to share more with the rising signs. The voting was neck and neck today, team. It was like neck and neck. And um, some did win out, not by a lot, but some did win out. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to be sharing more about the rising signs and how they're being influenced by the eclipse on Saturday. But I just want to plug this again. If you want your rising sign featured, you can name that in the episode comments, but you can also just be prepared to vote on my Instagram every week if you want to have some more nuanced interpretation of how a specific transit could be activating your chart based on your rising sign. So uh, Thursday, Mars moves into the sign of Scorpio and the God of War takes a more strategic approach to fighting. At zero degrees, Mars forms a trine to Saturn in Pisces, and it reminded me of back when Mars was in Cancer, and the South Node was in Scorpio, and Saturn was in Pisces, and I kept referencing the song like you're playing with the big boys now from the Prince of Egypt. Well, that energy is out again. There's just something about this week, but also this season that's super spooky. I couldn't talk about the lunar phases without thinking about like Twilight, um, you know, with like Eclipse and New Moon and all that other stuff. So... It's just that time of year. Things are spooky. They're intense. And I'm thinking about the playing with the big boys now again. That scene is kind of eerie. It's spooky. It's when Pharaoh's advisors are singing to Moses and they're like, oh, like your God has power where our gods have power too. And let's see, like, you know, you want to play with us? Like you're playing with the big boys now. And it's so freaking cool. It's so cool. I love that song in that scene. Um, but it's also intense, right? It's really intense and it's meant to be kind of scary. And that's what like the Mars in Scorpio, Trine, Saturn in Pisces, like these are the malefics, all right? These are the big boys. This is emotional warfare. This is bringing up old wounds. This is using fear as a tactic. It's using that which is taboo as a way to control and manipulate it could also just be like a super wet day, like a super wet, rainy, snowy, like you name it. It could also just be a really wet day. We could see, um, you know, pipes bursting. Again, this is the idea of like Saturn and Pisces is repressing and restricting all of the flow because of the retrograde motion. And then Mars comes in and it could look like a pipe leak or something like that. So be mindful of the water on Thursday. But this is, again, like this entire week team you're going to get through it. Just survive. Just keep going. Even though you're tired, even though it's hard, even though you're freaking out and you're scared or whatever that is, like, it's okay. We're going to get through it. Friday the 13th, 
Ooh, so spooky. Well, Friday the 13th is actually a payday for me, so I'm stoked for it. Um, and when I was facilitating new hire orientation recently, I always remind the new hires to double check their direct deposit information. And because this Friday the 13th is a payday, I made the joke with my new hires. I said, don't make Friday the 13th even scarier by not double checking your direct deposit information because I'm so funny. <laughs> Oh, those poor new hires suffer with me every Monday. So there really isn't anything particularly spooky about Friday the 13th this year, except that it is the day before an eclipse. There's still the drama between Mars and Saturn. So I'll mention that like we're just really building up towards the eclipse right now. It's the new moon, dark moon, right? Like we're super low in vitality, super low in energy. Um, during the eclipse, the sun will be covered by the moon. All the traffic signs in my state right now are reminding everyone about the heavy traffic on the day of the eclipse. I know I got my eclipse glasses. I'm super excited to like see it with my kids. I was actually in Colorado for the Leo Aquarius eclipse that we were able to see from the Northern Hemisphere. And we could see it from like my my work. My company actually bought us all glasses. And during the eclipse, like everyone stopped working. We all just like went outside with each other to observe it and i remember that there were crescent moon shadows over everything and so i took a picture i'm going to try to find that picture again and like post it onto my business account because i took it on my personal account on instagram but i just i'm excited like historically and quite often like i won't go out under eclipses like i won't go out and like look at the moon or anything like that because historically like they signified bad omens right? Um, it's light being stolen and eclipsed. And this was often correlated with like unsavory and unfavorable events, like the death of kings and monarchs and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like, I want to go out and see it because it's such a cool event and phenomenon, but also like who look out team eclipses have that reputation for a reason. Remember that astrology is really freaking old. It's way, way old. It's older than Christianity. And it was built from years and decades and centuries of observation of the correlation between mundane events that happen in the world and what happens with the planets. Psychological astrology or the concept that your natal chart influences your personality isn't nearly as old as the idea that the lunar phases impact crop cycles, not eclipses can kill monarchs and so um you know be be mindful of the eclipse on saturday especially if you are like me and you're in an area where people will be able to view it like be safe with traffic and all of that jazz so let's let's go ahead let's talk about saturday let's talk about the eclipse um this eclipse like i mentioned earlier is ruled by venus uh Venus at the time of the eclipse will be sitting at five degrees Virgo, still opposing Saturn, which is just yet another slowing down aspect, right? So this eclipse is on the south node and is a major release point, like big time letting go. The eclipses at the beginning of the year were both in Mars ruled signs, Aries and Scorpio, and those happened in the spring. The fall eclipses will be in the Venus ruled signs. So we'll have the Libra eclipse first and then later on, we will have the Taurus eclipse. And so we are in eclipse season where we have just like a few weeks in between like these major eclipses. Um, these ones are significant this year because we are closing out the Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycle and fully opening up into the Aries Libra eclipse cycle. And so this will be really important to pay attention to. And there's so many things this week, like I said, that are all about like, stop it, drop it, let it go, cut it out, leave it. <laughs> Ooh, leave it's a big one. I do that to my dog all the time. Leave it, right? My dog recognizes that tone. And the eclipse is like the final thing this week, which is just emphasizing that energy. Cut it out. Cut it off. Cut them off, right? And since this is ruled by Venus, let's go back and let's like really remember what Venus has been through up until this point in time, all right? So remember all the way back when Venus was in Leo, again, this like was back in June, Mars was there as well and they were traveling together. And in the mythology, Venus and Mars are like the lovers, right? Venus and Aphrodite, of course, is like married to someone else, Hephaestus, right? Or something. And then um, Venus and Mars are just like the lovers that never really like get together. They have this really toxic like relationship. And 
As she was moving through Leo, she hit the last degree. Mars had ingressed into Virgo and Venus was following closely behind, trailing just a few degrees. But when she hit the very last degree in Leo, formed a trine to the North Node in Aries and then stationed retrograde and went back through Leo instead of following Mars into Virgo. So she did the retrograde thing. She journeyed down into the underworld. Um, and then went back and did it all again, retraced the steps, right? But this time it was all on her terms. It was all her, all on her terms. Venus right now is not to be messed with. She's been through some shit. She knows who she is, what she wants. And now in Virgo, she's figuring out how to make it happen because she doesn't need anyone anymore. Aries and Virgo both share a very independent characteristic. And so this release point on the South Node in Libra is a lot about letting go of relationships or relationship dynamics that are not working anymore. Or perhaps they never worked in the first place. It's calling out the inequity, the power imbalance, the coercion, the manipulation, the falseness. And by falseness, we could refer to this to some of the shadow qualities of Libra, where we see cultural appropriation instead of appreciation where we see fake flowers mass produced because they're aesthetically pleasing and on trend, even though they are worse for the environment and will end up in a landfill. It's letting go of having to have someone or needing to have someone look the right way or act the right way, because honestly, we'd rather them just be real, right? So remember, stop it, drop it, cut it out enough. When we did the meditation earlier and the visualization and I gave you the instruction, drop it. Could you let it go? Was it hard to let it go? Was it easy? Did you drop everything? What were you clinging to? What were you holding on to? The South Node is the invitation to let go because it's holding us back from experiencing the North Node, right? So let's talk about the rising signs that we voted on and are featured in this week's staff meeting episode. It was close team. It was so close. And the poll is actually still open. So I'm curious, like I, I just needed to record the episode because I had time to do it right now. Um, but if it shifted and changed, I'm so, so sorry. But again, like make sure that you're connected with me on Instagram, that you're getting in early to let me know your rising sign or the rising sign set that you want to see featured. This week, we voted for Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Capricorn. So let's talk about those rising signs and what they are being invited to let go of this eclipse cycle. So Scorpio risings, this eclipse is happening in your 12th whole sign house. And this is the house of isolation, mental health, addiction. So stop doing the things that are holding you back, including having limiting thoughts or beliefs. It's being hyper aware of codependency, especially if these bad habits, beliefs, and behaviors are being reinforced by your friends or your peers. Do you have people in your network that are reminding you like, this isn't good for you? It's, it's too much. It's excessive, right? We miss you. We want you back. Come back over here. Scorpio, there's a lot to be said about the secrets that you keep because of the shame you might feel by acknowledging what's happening in the 12th house with your friends. But maybe by letting them in, they'll be able to help you sort out the stuff in the 12th house, right? So this is a great time to look at healing, shadow work, um, working with a past life medium, working with tarot readers, astrologers, counselors. This past week's episode, um, the guest episode, I talked to a somatic psychotherapist. Doing that type of thing might be awesome for you. Um, one of my absolute best friends in the entire world, Erin Doty from Shatter Stress, she partnered with someone in Denver recently to do a sacred release ceremony. That type of stuff would be so good for you, Scorpio, right now is like the sacred release, the sacred letting go and dealing with some of that shadow work and the things that are stored that you're really scared to let other people see because you feel so much shame around it. Well, it's time to start like shining a light on it and letting that shit go because it's holding you back from realizing your potential. Okay, 
Sagittarius rising. This eclipse is happening in the house of friends, social networks, professional communities, and also humanitarian service. So on one hand, I'm thinking like, cut the people out who are not supporting you, the people who don't get it, the people who are making you work without paying you. Um, quit paying professional association fees just because it's what you think you ought to do. Is it really moving you forward in your career? Is this really the legacy that you want to leave? Is this really the community that you want to be associated with? Methinks not. So cut it out. Drop it. It's not essential for you anymore. And maybe it is. I don't, I'm not the expert in your life. But that's the sense that we're getting with this eclipse, right? This is actually not the time to set intentions and try to invite something new. This is about clearing out the space. It's like cleaning off the altar entirely. And that could mean purging some of like your LinkedIn connections. Um, it could mean again, like dropping some of the professional associations that you're a part of because the dues aren't paying you back. Right. So just being mindful of how you're investing in your community and whether or not they're investing in you. Capricorn risings, let go of what you thought you should have been doing in your career and discover what you still need to learn to build a legacy and a lifestyle that you can be proud of. Capricorn, you're so concerned with what you ought to be doing. And it's because you want to be great. But the thing is, is that most of you are without trying. You know what I mean? Libra in the 10th house and this eclipse happening in your 10th house is really about like, let it go. Whatever the expectations were that influenced your decisions to get you to where you are now, drop it. Those are false paradigms anyways. You Capricorn Risings especially, um, like you've got Pluto stationing in your first house. And so there's a big part of this story, which is like, you're getting a lot more clarity on who you are and how you want to be showing up now that you've been transforming and evolving over the past, you know, decade or so. And it's time to make sure that your career and your legacy aligns with this new iteration of yourself. And a lot of that is going to be letting go of the shoulds or the should nots. And it's really about finding your own authenticity of how you personally want to be in service and what problems are most meaningful to you and give you that opportunity for mastery that you so desire and that you so crave. All right, team. Thank you for joining me for this week's staff meeting episode. Again, if you are an entrepreneur, a corporate witch, a witch at work, a witch with a passion for personal and professional development, I make these episodes every single week for you. So I hope that they're useful. I love it when you give me some feedback. That's like literally the majority of my day job is just like helping elevate the employee's experience and voice um, to help create awesome work environments. And I want so badly to do that for the coven as well. And right now, my primary way for you to leave me feedback is just dropping into my DMs, leaving me comments on the episode. But again, like I created this community for us. And so I want it to be useful to you. I love it. And I'm so grateful when you let me know ways to improve my work and to create the most value. Um, that's really what it's all about, right? So thank you so much for being here, for joining me. Please like, subscribe, share the episodes you love, and um, I will catch you in next week's episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. Before we wrap up this mystical journey, I would invite you to share your feedback on the episode and leave a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast. If you found value in this content, share it with another witch at work. With over 100 episodes, there is a lot more cosmic career advice to be explored. Until next time, may your ventures be guided by the stars and may you remember that you hold the power to manifest the extraordinary. I'll see you in the next episode.